You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show. You're joined by Clancy Overall, myself, and Errol Parker. How are you, Errol? Good, mate. This week we have a special guest, very special guest. We're very lucky to get this opportunity. An international guest. We don't do this very often, but uh, he's a comedian who's in town and doing the rounds as we speak. His name is Joe Coy. You might know him from Netflix. He's a Los Angeles-based comedian with a huge following around the world and here internationally renowned. And he's joining us by telephone now. Hello, Joe. Are you there? Hello. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the country at the moment? Oh, doing the Just Kidding tour. We finally hit Australia, and then we uh, and then we'll go off to New Zealand after that. Yeah, right. Because I've been having a look at uh, where your tour's been and uh, where your previous tours have been, and uh, you seem to have a universal appeal around the world. And as a comedian, that's uh, obviously the end goal. How do you think you get to the point where, you know, a lot of people from all parts of the world find you funny? I think, uh, you know, the blessing is definitely streaming, you know what I mean? Uh, it's the internet and getting it out there and the exposure from Netflix. Because, um, I mean, literally, when I first started as a kid, my end goal was to just try getting into the improv nationally in America. Mm. Oh, yeah. And fast forward thirty years later, I'm I'm seeing people viewing my my special in Malaysia. It's mm-hmm. like that that you know when you first start, you didn't think that was ever going to happen. Yeah, but, I mean, so God bless Netflix, but then uh, you know one thing you got to also do is make sure you're funny. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So you came out of improv, is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah, the improv is where you know that was my that was my goal it, it, to be a, a working comic doing the circuit across the country. You know, I was in heaven. That's all I wanted to do for you know since I was ten. I just wanted to be an improv comic and tour the world, uh, tour the country, and uh, and that that happened. You know, fifteen years into my career, next thing you know I'm I'm touring the country doing uh, improvs, and then uh, you know, and then. 10 years after that, or more than that, almost 14 years after that, I, I land my first Netflix deal. And now, that's when everything just changed for me. Yeah, so do you think you had much of an international appeal before that? Or was it like in Australia, for example? You were Australia as a case study? I would have, I would have never, ever known. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I came out <laughs> here with Russell Peters years ago, and uh, I came back on my own after I, I opened for him. And, you know, I, was, I did like the Enmore, which was about 1,000 seats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, was it, you know, I mean, it was literally because of Russell that got me the exposure, but I would have never known that I had a draw in Sydney or, or Melbourne or Perth or, you know, I don't, like, that, that's impossible for anyone to Perth. know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's impossible. So, so do, do you, do you thank think, God. Do you think there was something untapped there? You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, we've seen a lot of your stuff and, and I have to say the, uh, you know, Filipino mother... Um, you know that kind of that's so relatable to a lot of people in Australia, and yeah. uh, and I just felt like that wasn't really tapped into. Did you feel the same? I feel the same way, and you know what's crazy about it is I I literally just did the joke about my mom. Yeah. It, it wasn't even yes, yeah, she's Filipino, but 
it's my mom. I'm just talking about my mom. Just like any other comic would talk about their mom. You know, they give their mom the, the accent that they heard when they were kids. And, and that's what I was doing. In, in no way was I trying to tap uh, a certain culture or anything. It was just my culture. But what was even crazier, like, like I said, once again, with Netflix is then I started noticing other ethnicities latching on yeah. to my mom's culture, <laughs> which was quite crazy. You know, going to, you know, going to like, uh, uh, Miami and, and seeing a bunch of Dominicans and, and Puerto Ricans going, oh, my mom does the same thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I had no idea. Or, or they're going to Malaysia or, or going to uh, Tokyo, Japan. It, it's nuts. Or, or coming to like Sydney or Perth and, and just seeing people go, yeah, my mom, you know, what it all comes down to is moms are moms. And, and that's, you know, that's what I think is what's, what people are gravitating towards. We've got a, we've got a Filipino in our office, uh, Valerie and she uh, she always talks about the chinelas. Chinelas, yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's, that's also a, a disciplinary weapon. Yeah, the shoe, the, or the sandal, I guess you'd say. Yeah, that's the rubber slipper that's used to uh, you know to walk in or to beat the crap out of your kids. <laughs> now, can you tell us a little bit about the 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 scene in LA? Um, is it as brutal as we reckon? I mean, you know, you got a lot of comics coming up, but you know, I, uh, you know, I, I, I do the improvs back in, you know, 15 years ago is when I was in the, in the improv circuit. So the guys I came up with are, uh, you know, we've kind of moved on to like the theaters now, you know, but, uh, during that time, yeah, that was rough, man. You know, I, I had to follow some big comics, you know, and at that time it was, uh, you know, at any given time, it would be Chris Rock, Dane Cook, uh, Harlan Williams, Richard Jenny, uh, you know, Robin Williams. I mean, it was just literally, and here I am working at a department store just trying to get seven minutes, and then I'm getting bumped by Robin Williams. It's like, that, that was, that's what I had to deal with. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to be in L.A. and just see the greats walk in at any time, so... So when did you that get was 15 years ago for me? <laughs> so when did you get to the point where, you know, you just took a look at your boss at the department store and you <laughs> yeah. and you thought actually I'm just going to have a punt on myself mm. and uh try and make a go of comedy as your full-time job. Yeah. What, what you know what was uh the hardest thing for me to do is uh when I was uh, cuz I was working shoes at a women's shoe department and I got the Tonight Show yeah. And I didn't realize how many people watched The Tonight Show until the next day I was working at Shoes. <laughs> and it was like every other woman walked up to me going, oh my God, you were so funny on The Tonight Show last night. Can I get this in a size eight? And it's just like, <laughs> oh man. Just made me want to shoot myself in the back. Like, that's the struggle that I was going through back then. It was just like, yeah, I get these little gigs, but I was still in the same spot, you mm. know? And but I mean, you you can't give up on it, especially in LA. You just got to keep grinding until something happens. Man, I didn't even get the Netflix special. That first Netflix special, live from Seattle, Netflix said no to me three times or, or four times, I think. And oh, so and you, had, I you had it filmed? You had it filmed already? No, uh, I didn't have anything. Uh, they said no to me. We were like, "Can you just watch the hour? You know, uh, you know, we think it should be on Netflix and." You know, we think it'd be great for Netflix, and they go, "No, we already have enough specials for 2017." And then, uh, 
And then I was like, you know what? I'll just shoot it myself. And I, and I paid for that whole thing myself. The, the venue, the director, the, the producer, the lighting guy, everything I paid for. I edited it myself. And then uh, about six months later, I went back into Netflix and I sold it to him. Yeah, so that, that's how I got it. You that, know, that's a really people big always think, oh, just because he got Netflix, that's how he blew up. And I'm like, well, no, I didn't get Netflix. <laughs> I, I got Netflix on my own. I made it myself. So that's what you got to do in this business. And I was doing that 27 years in. So, you know, I felt like I deserved the hour, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but nope, I had to earn it again, even after 27 years. So you, you, a lot of the uh, a lot of the comedy you you do, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, particularly uh, cities like LA and and Houston and San Francisco and Sydney, um, yeah. it kind of strikes a chord with. I mean, especially when you're doing you know all the different types of accents of uh, Asian yeah. Americans or just Asian people in general. Do you oh. feel like, um, and it's something we definitely see around our office. Um, there is a thirst for really, really red hot comedy uh, within that community. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Do you find the the you know you can push boundaries a bit harder with uh with with kind of you know your Filipino jokes and your Vietnamese jokes? Uh, yeah. I well, I want to do it in a way where I'm complimenting and not offending. Yeah. You know, I I always try and make sure I'm doing that. I, like I don't want to like if you listen to the jokes, you know, I, I am. It, it is funny what I'm doing, but I'm also pointing out the fact that it's. It, it, it's something that's true and it's also funny. Like, I don't want people to be like, oh, he's just poking fun of him, making fun of him. Because, I, I mean, when I did those jokes, I mean, I, I've never seen such a great response. Yeah, yeah. I, was so, I was so happy that I did. Another thing is... The that, last thing I wanted was people going, hey, man, stop doing that crap. Another thing like, is they, they were, will laugh at it, too. So you, you Yeah, man. It's been really crazy to to see the the reach and any you know people want to have an identity as well, man. Like people mm -hmm. like to be represented as well. Yeah, you know, and it's not about offending. They're just like, yeah, that's our voice and that's funny and we're funny too and we do funny things too in our culture. So, I think that's that's the cool thing that they embraced. Do you find as you go around the world and you get to see and experience all the all the different cultures that some crowds uh, laugh at? other things and other crowds laugh at, at other ones because a lot of uh, comedians here in Australia tend to think that um, a lot of their stuff doesn't really land in New Zealand. Um, because, <laughs> really? Yeah, because they have a very warped um, uh, type of humour. And, uh -huh. and on the inverse, a lot of uh, Kiwis come here and they, uh, and they find that they just have to make a beeline for LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, really? The comparison we've been told is that because there were in England, there were so many English that came and settled in Australia. Australia's comedy is more English, but New Zealand's a bit more Scottish. And oh, you can wow. kind of see that in the flight of the Concords, I guess. Yes. Guys, it's very dry. Um, so wow. if, if you're in a loudmouth Australian and you go over there and start talking about sex and poo, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, want to, they, they want a joke that goes for 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy that you guys can dissect that and really see it. Mm. Um, but I, I, what's crazy is I, I don't really change it. Like the, the one thing I will say is I'm not doing my hour from the Netflix special. So if you come see me, it's a completely whole new yeah. hour, yeah, right. but I feel like I, I don't really change it in any other way. It's like, if you're not going to laugh at it, then oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You yeah. have the choice to leave, but, uh, 
But I mean, I find that that people are getting it no matter where I go. Because yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. more you than any country or any format. It's more you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so how long does it take you to write an hour of comedy? I mean, like, do you do like a year on, year off? No, I uh, I, I can get through an hour in about three months, and, <laughs> and I'll turn over another hour. And um, it, it's pretty crazy. Uh, my my uh, my writing is nonstop, so I, I'll go up with a with just a premise and not even write it down and, and just run with it. And if it doesn't. If it doesn't take off, then I usually drop it probably after the second time I've done it. But, yeah. but man, when it's got legs, I keep running. I'll milk it till I got everything. Hell yeah! So, <laughs> yeah, man, and uh, and I, and, I, I, and it's fun, man, because uh, you know I did two shows in in Hawaii this weekend before I came out here, and and literally I had people coming back to the second show, and I literally did two different hours. So that was that was very rewarding for me to be able to pick uh, and choose which jokes I want to do for my next hour special. Yeah. We, we, did, a, we did a live tour last year, the two of us, um, the stage show, and we found, uh, I mean, myself personally, the nerves don't really ever go away, even if you think you're comfortable with the bit. Where, where are you at with that now? I mean, 27 years, as you said before. Do you still get the nerves backstage, or do you still have a, do you have a formula? No, I, I don't. I don't have anything. It's, it's, it's excitement, but never nerves. But one thing I do love to do now is uh, when I'm in LA, I like to pop up at like open mics, like yeah, the right. real gritty bars with the you know with a pool table in the middle. <laughs> uh, I love people I love doing dinner. that. People oh dinner. man, you know I did I did the James Corden set. <laughs> I did a I did a, a set for James Gordon, yeah. and I practiced uh, my whole set at a weed bar <laughs> right. and I, I swear there's maybe eight people just stoned there was a refrigerator full of edibles and and literally i did my five minute set there and i, I was like if i can make them laugh <laughs> then i'm good to go for the for, for nbc so i i love doing that i love going up in the worst situations yeah. and just seeing if i could do it i was in hawaii one time i went up with flip-flops you know, swim trunks at a, at, a, at a bar with a big drum set behind me, and and you know, knocked out ten minutes right there. So that was that's that's so much fun to do that. Give him a real surprise. <laughs> oh yeah, man! The whole town came out, man. It was <laughs> it was crazy. By the end of my set, it was full with like just people in pajamas, like hey, Brad and Joe's here. As uh, Clancy and I were saying before, uh, we did a road show last year, and um. Along the way, especially when we did a few trial shows, we got to experience what it's like to really bomb quite heavily as a titan of this industry now. How do you come back from that? I mean, it is arguably the most soul-crushing experience. <laughs> I had the first time I really I really bombed really hard and people just looked at me. Yeah, he's moving oh, on, moving man. on, moving on. And then you're just like, I'm going to have to go back to my old job. I fucked yeah, this up. That's so funny. Man, I've been really, in, in no way am I trying to boast or brag, but I've been really blessed, man. <laughs> you know, I got, I, got, I got my fans now. They come out to see me. It, it's kind of cush now, you know, but I, don't get me wrong. When a joke runs flat. No, like 30 years ago. It, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> it, but I'm just saying, if the joke runs flat, I, I, walk, I, I get out of that joke as fast as I yeah. can. Yeah. I, I'll even acknowledge the fact. I'll even tell them, like, hey, that sucked. And then I'll, and I'll grab something that I know I'm going to get them to just make up for it. But, 
But don't get me wrong. I, like, I'll go up on stage and try something. Even in my head, I'm like, this is going to suck. Mm. But I, I got to try it because yeah. it's funny in my head. Like, I got to do it because if I don't do it, then, I mean, I'm never going to I'm never gonna be able to create, you know? Mm. if I, A lot of people get stuck in a rut and they, they, they stick to their hour. They'll, they'll use it for a couple, hour, uh, couple years. Mm. I can't do that, man. I got to move on. Uh, jokes get stale with me at about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two months, they're stale. I'm like, I can't do that, man. Do, do you ever do you ever find this one thing that we found kind of helped us as complete novices? By the way, we didn't have any skin in the game. We didn't, we hadn't done shit. We just did a live tour off the back of um, you know, our, our uh, online presence. What we did was you find uh, when you've got a heckler, it's always yeah. actually you treat the heckler more as a friend because if things start going a bit dry, you can always just dunk on them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's always good. You know what I find to do when you have an a, a obnoxious heckler? Yeah. And this is my little tip from me to you. You can use this if you want. I turn on all the house lights. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you know the, the yeah. turtle's tough when you, when the turtle has a shell. Yeah. But when you take the shell off the turtle, it's just a naked lizard. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, just it's freezing cold. It's 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 scared. So you turn the house lights on, they don't have that shell anymore, that protective shell. And uh, and you win every time because you're the one with the microphone just just crushing their soul in front of a bunch of people. Just a thousand eyes looking at this person getting just yeah. destroyed by two guys on stage. Yeah. All right, blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, medium height. Exactly. Are you sitting down or are you standing? Or is that yeah. the same height? <laughs> How are you uh, liking? Have you performed in Melbourne? Yeah, this will be my. I think this is my fifth time in Melbourne, but this right. is the biggest. This is the biggest venue I've ever played. I think we're at four thousand something. Whew. So it's pretty crazy, and, and Sydney is at like eight thousand. Wow. So it, it, it's it's so crazy right 8, now. What do you? What venue are you doing in Sydney? Four thousand. Oh, right. Uh, Sydney. Uh, God, I don't know it offhand. It's like all phones or yeah, it's um, like a big job. Yeah, right. it's a big one though. It's it's, it's close to eight thousand people. It's already sold out. Melbourne's like four thousand something. Yeah, right. Forty five hundred. Oh, right. oh, it, it's crazy God. to even say that. No, <laughs> you're you know, at the biggest it, uh, spot in the country. That's crazy, uh, man. Yeah. That I'm out? telling you, dude. No, I, I, I'm the, not uh, expecting. I, I was not expecting this, bro. The new Seriously. ICC. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Now tell us, who did you come up on? Who was who was you? Who was your inspiration? Oh, man, I, I love the storytellers, man. Mm -hmm. So Richard Jenny was one of my classic favorites, man. Uh, Brian Regan, Eddie Murphy, when he talked about Aunt Bunny and his mom and dad. I mean, <laughs> Uncle Gus, like, come on. Uh, Richard Pryor. Uh, God, I loved uh, Dennis Wolfberg. If you guys love comedy, he died very young. I, he died very early in his, his career. But, man, Dennis Wolfberg, man, he was a teacher. And... Uh, an actual teacher, <laughs> and, uh, and he talked about it. And I, man, I could watch him for days. Um, just the storytellers, man. I love the storyteller. Uh, uh, Tim Allen, anyone that yeah. told Louis Anderson, like right. just anything that had to do with like uh, a family or something, like characters. I, I, I really got off on that, man. The thing we've noticed about comedians, the ones we've met, is that there's no real kind of uh, hierarchy there out the back of a gig. So you could have a Hollywood star, you could have, you know, a world beater with someone who's six months in the game, kind of sitting at the bar out the yeah. back. 
do, do you find that is there's a weird kind of there's no top or bottom really uh, amongst comedians like you could you could you could meet a hero very early in your career oh yeah for sure man i it, it's that's just how it is now man uh, i think when i was coming up you know my heroes were unreachable mm-hmm. mainly because i was from tacoma washington <laughs> you know yeah man you get to la and it's just like oh i'm having coffee with John Lovitz right now. How crazy is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 and John yeah. Lovitz is like, this <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> what is it with actors? Um, I mean, of all, actors work so hard on their on their craft for so long, um, and then stand-ups tend to just become actors overnight. I mean, Eric Banner is a great example, one of Australia's greatest actors. You wouldn't remember Eric like we remember Eric Banner, and that was standing... Yeah, on stage with a microphone doing skits. Wow. Mm. And it just blew up, huh? Blew up. Yeah. Became, became a funny criminal in a movie called Chopper. And then all of a sudden he's in Black Hawk Down. And that, that's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Yeah, but I mean, when I'm on stage, especially when I get into character, mm-hmm. I mean, you're acting. Yeah, right. and And it shows. So, you know, you put words in front of a, a, a comic, they tend to give those those lines a life. And um, that's that's always been my you know goal. I, I love to act, you know. So uh, you know when I write, I, I always think of situations. So I uh, in my head I visualize these being shot in a scene. I really do. <laughs> every every joke that I tell, I'm like, yeah, that could totally be played by actors right there. That's a funny situation right there. So yeah, I um, want that. <laughs> when you're writing a joke and and you think it's one that's uh, pretty close. To the wire in terms of you know its content. Uh, <laughs> do you ever think you know societal standards? <laughs> am I prepared to be cancelled over, over this joke? Is the threat of cancellation now kind of like uh, an unofficial ombudsman uh, for I, the comedy scene? I think I think that's just uh, that's just the times we're living in right now. Yeah. I think I, I think you could be cancelled at any workspace right now. <laughs> that's just the culture we live in, but. I think the space that I live in, I, I, I don't really think of it at all because everything's towards me. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone's going to cancel for me, then I guess just cancel for me then. But yeah. I, 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 I tend to stay in a pocket right now. And, you know, it, it's about my son. It's about my mom. It's about me. And, and that's where that's usually that's my yeah. lane. And I don't like to go outside my lane. And that's been my bread and butter and it's it's also what I enjoy doing that's what I love to talk about the most uh, I, I keep the politics and mm. and uh, the the you know the whatever it's called the reality yeah. side of comedy where people the commentary you know, yeah. yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not that's not me well that's so and, I, and you, do you find that people come to you for not that right they come yeah they come for I laugh. think people yeah because <laughs> comedy is comedy is man suggestive bro you know it's you know, comedy is just like music. It's, you know, you don't go up to a country singer and go, hey, when are you going to start rapping, bro? Like, <laughs> because he doesn't rap. He yeah. does country. And yeah. it's like, it, that's like someone coming up to me going, hey, what do you think about, uh, you know, uh, the, the politics? It's, I, I don't, you know, that's my personal opinion, but that's yeah. not my style of comedy. I'll I'm not going to give that to people that. on the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Can you tell us um, a little bit, like you know, uh, in, in Melbourne, what are you getting up to? Do you want us to do you want us to put you in touch with um, someone running a real dirty room down there? 
<laughs> Dude, this tour for Australia is this is the most brutal right. leg I've ever done on this tour so far. I'm literally in a different city every day. So I don't even get to enjoy each city that I'm in. So it's kind of crazy. I get like three hours before I get on stage, and then I get off stage, go to bed, get on the, the plane, and go to the next city. So it's pretty brutal. This one, this one's pretty brutal, and it sucks because it's summer in Australia, and I don't get to see it. Don't worry, man. There's smoke in most city right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> the beach is in that flash anyway. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no. Half the country is currently on fire. But Melbourne's man, nice. you don't have to tell me. We flew over. It looked like we were flying to hell. It was so gray, and it, I'm not even joking. It was bad. Yeah, man. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, it's been it's been burning for a while now. I mean, the only thing that can stop it now is rain, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't have much of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the middle of the worst ever drought on record. So uh, you better keep the showers to a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only two minutes. I won't flush my toilets. Don't, yeah, don't do that. Um, actually, yeah. actually, you should do that. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll just keep the shower to a minimum. So you're, you're halfway through or you just started? We just started. Just started, yeah. Well, all the best on the tour, man. We're um, we're we're pumped to see you. Um, oh man, thank you so much. And um, it's been great chatting to you. Uh, all the best, and uh, yeah, get get yourself a face mask. Yeah. Uh, I am. I, I got. Sick. I'm not even joking, by the way. <laughs> I really do have it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Joe. Thanks for speaking to Joe. Thank you. Thanks very Bye, much. Guys. Bye. Oh, they were fun. And thanks for that, Joe. Our first American guest on this show. Obviously, many more to come. So if you want to go and see Joe's show, he's at the Brisbane Convention and Exhibition Centre on Friday the 6th of December. Then he's at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on Sunday the 15th of December. Then, of course, he makes his way over to the Riverside Theatre in the Perth at the uh, Perth Convention and Exhibition Centre. That's on Friday the 13th, so he's doing that overnighter from... From bloody Melbourne to Perth, that's that's a bit tough. And of course, uh, coming up this weekend, uh, he's in Sydney. He's at the First State Super Theatre at the ICC, which is near the old entertainment centre. That actually just reminds me, we're both we're all going to be in Melbourne at the same time, us and Joe Coy, with our book launch on the 14th in uh, the Alex Theatre in St Kilda. We might have to talk to his people actually and mm-hmm. um, line up, line up some tickets for him and his cronies, so we can see um, how we do it in the desert. Yep, or after our shows are done, we can go to a comedy room and all make a kind of ourselves there too. So if you want to go and see Joe, Google him. Tickets are still available via Ticket Tech. Thanks for listening. Until next week, my name is Errol Parker. Never talk to the police unless you have legal counsel present. Stay to the pokies and ACAP. You look after each other.